Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out-of-this-world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, everybody, to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yalanich. And for those of you who are joining me for the very first time, I hope that this is going to be a fun and entertaining show. We're going to be talking about relationships and some relationships that have gone cuckoo and foul and how do you get out of them and then what do you do once you're out? And this has actually been inspired by some friends of mine recently who've been going through some stuff in relationships. So we are, you know, my friends are amazing like that. They give me lots of ideas for shows. And this one is just another one of those. So, so I am excited to have you guys here. And if you haven't before listened to, if you haven't listened at all to this show before, you might realize that when you look into my archives, that there's over 300 shows available. So there's a lot of information out there. Please go check it out. So I'm just uh, sending messages while I'm on this thing, this show, and I'm not very good at doing two tasks at once, frankly. So I'm going to stop that nonsense as I just get present with you guys and take some deep breaths. And you guys can take some deep breaths with me as we get this moving forward. So the one thing that I do know about narcissistic relationships and how to survive them is that one of the key things is to get yourself not only back on track, but get yourself to understand that what it came down to and probably why you ended up in this relationship to begin with is that you have no idea that relationships can be different and that you may have had abuse as a child. And there may be other things going on um, in your life, like traumas that have just created a bit of um, confusion for you. So you're not really aware that things can be different or better or kinder. And you know what, how many people on the planet have experienced that? I know there's a lot, a lot. So it's kind of a sad statement, really, to just be sitting here saying, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people have experienced relationships with narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, all of these things. And I know I've, I've done shows before on surviving the sociopath, but a lot of times those sociopaths also have some narcissistic tendencies. What the heck does that mean? Well, if you know about narcissists, he fell in love with himself, his own image. Um, that's the short of it. My daughter could give you the long of it. She is all about, uh, all about things mythology. So, but it is from the root of narcissus, which is one of the, um, yeah, one of the myths. So if somebody is in love with themselves, what does that mean? It's like they, there's a difference between being confident and having somebody who's a confident personality, who's 
confident in their work and themselves and their body and their lives and who they be compared to a narcissist who creates an energy of the world revolves around them. They're smarter than everybody else, better than everybody else. And in fact, they think they know exactly how things should be run and they are not interested in other people's points of view or other people's contributions whatsoever. It's all about them, the whole relationship. So when you know that you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, for one thing, you walk away feeling kind of weird. You likely walk away feeling like you think you still like the person, but you don't know why, because you know you just experienced a lot of abuse, but you're like, what? How? how is it that I still like somebody who's so abusive? And so there's some confusion. There's some definitely like a mix match between the... Um, the confusion of like, how, you know, how do I love this person? This person's a weirdo. This person was physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Like, how does this love exist? And, you know, and then you're like feeling lonely, maybe. So you want to run back to them. And all of these things, all of these things are things that like, when you really get kind of clear with yourself and realize that you've been in a situation that's been abuse. When you get really clear on that and you acknowledge, oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, I was in a situation that was abusive. Just acknowledging it. That's pretty key, right? It's like with a lot of situations where, you know, whether it's um, an addiction or whether it's like, you know, pretty much any situation where you're feeling like you have had no say, um, that you don't exist, uh, you know, getting out of that situation is going to be interesting and tricky. And one of the key things to start to get is that this was abuse. You didn't exist, you didn't matter, and everything you did was wrong. Well, that's abuse. You know, if I always wondered, so the person I was with who was a total narcissist, I wondered, like, why are you with me if you think this sex with me is so bad? Uh, and nobody else ever said that to me, but you did. So like, why are you with me if I'm so terrible? Why are you with me? You know, especially since you only like Asian women and I'm not Asian. And like, why are you with me if you think everything I do is wrong? And yet for some reason, I felt sorry for them. And that's the weird thing about a narcissist is they will get you to feel bad for them about bad about their situation, whether it's financial or whether it's like they're sad and lonely or whatever it is. Narcissists will get you feeling bad and sad for them and buy into their sad sob story. And then you get trapped into an abuse cycle. Why? Because maybe in your life, all you've ever seen is abuse. So that's all you know. And, you know, maybe you had narcissistic parents. So this is normal behavior to you. The other part of it is that maybe this is so foreign that you're like, I, uh, I didn't even know that people could be like this. So part of it is to know and to, to be able to see the bigger picture. Because my thought on this is like, if I grew up knowing that people were like this, although my dad is a bit of a narcissist too, just a wee bit. <laughs> oh, more than a wee bit, but I won't get into that right now. Um, and I didn't know that. And I, I grew up with him, but not 24 hours a day. I was around him, you know, like for four days a month. Uh, so, and my mom did not talk about the abuse. So I didn't know abuse. 
And I think that's a kind of almost a disservice to kids, but my mom was trying to do us a favor and let us form our own opinions of our dad, but it would have been helpful, I think, knowing what she had gone through so that I could have seen more than one side of the story because, you know, having a parent that one parent that tells you one side, that's their story. And then, you know, 30 years later, you find out, well, that was a very different experience than the other parent had a very different experience than the families we're talking about. So sometimes having that input is helpful. Then you can actually learn what is a narcissist was a sociopath as you grow up and you can go, oh, that's what that energy is. Oh, that's what that energy is. And oh, now I can understand what, what I can do about that. So in the chat room, um, in the chat room, there's a comment that said, yeah, I didn't tell my kids and they were mad at me. And when they were old enough, I did tell them and they were mad at me again. <laughs> so yeah, some, some people are just mad and that's just their character. So you, you can't really stop people who are at their core angry. That's just who they are. <laughs> so so uh, for me, it was helpful information and I super appreciated it. At first I was like a little annoyed, like why wasn't I told? But um, I also spent 14 years in therapy looking at this stuff in my life and my, you know, my being raised, you know, at the age of 22 to enter therapy, to be in therapy for like 14 years after that, like I spent almost a year of therapy for every year that I was alive up until then. Like, it's funny. And I still work on myself all the time not as in like as intensive as I used to, where I was going every week and sometimes extra for like extra stuff. Cause it was, I was so traumatized. Um, and even going through all that therapy, even eight years into therapy, I still landed myself in a relationship with a narcissist so that I could learn more about that, I suppose, and get more information and heal those daddy issues. Yay. Healing the daddy issues. So I, I'm, Really, I'm really, you know, one of these things that I'm really wanting to share with everybody is that there is life after a narcissist, there is life after a sociopath, and you can have incredible relationships with people after this, and you can trust people after this. So yes, this is a show healing your daddy issues. It's essentially this. So um, if your parents uh, healing your mommy or daddy issues, if your parents were narcissists or sociopaths, this is for you. And there are so many other ways to heal your mommy and daddy issues. And uh, yeah, I will talk about that more for sure. As I realized, uh, I kind of took for granted that um, I just, you know, in my life, I did this work. So I kind of took for granted that everybody's done this, you know, inner child stuff, gestalt therapy, art therapy, music therapy. I just like took for granted that like everybody that I know has done this, haven't they? No, apparently not. I was just the wacko at, you know, 22 going, um, I'm going to do this work so that I can in my life have relationships with people um, <laughs> that I can have relationships period. And that I can raise a child without having, uh, my own issues in place. Like I was, I was really keen to parent my own way when I was 22 and wasn't even having a child and wasn't in a relationship with a person that I wanted to have a kid with, but I was like looking to the future. If I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to start reading books on how to raise myself. I started reading parenting books and I encourage you to, if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, get some parenting books because 
for me, it was such a, so many great tools in there on how to raise myself. So I just flipped everything in those books from how to raise a kid to how to raise myself. And there were so many things where, you know, I I would have judged my parenting as lacking. And then I could fulfill that for myself, where, for example, one of the places where I judged my parenting as lacking was that I, I'm a physically affectionate person. And for me, one of my love languages is touch. For my mom, it is not. And so being raised with her like 90% of the time and not having that love language fulfilled, I didn't think she liked me at all. Um, I was about in my 30s, somewhere in my mid 30s, when I realized that my mom loved me and I realized how she loved me and I could actually receive the love that she was giving me. And her method of giving love was, there's two main ways she likes to give love. And one of them is through acts of service, which she does uh, in her work and in her life. And then another way is through quality time. So as a kid, quality time would have been time spent doing things that I didn't necessarily like. So it was quality time for her So she was offering, you know, you could go garden. And as like a seven-year-old, I'd rather go biking at the time. And I'd rather take my Cabbage Patch Kids on an adventure. Even though I lived in a big city and I probably shouldn't have been driving around like a wild woman, I still did that. And um, so quality time for my mom was like gardening or we would watch uh, the the Disney movie, Sunday night Disney movies, right? When you could only get one movie for like, two hours on a Sunday night from seven to nine. And if you were lucky, you were allowed to stay up and watch the end. So I think knowing that though was super helpful to be able to heal relationship stuff with my mom. Also recognizing that my dad has his own method of showing love and it's different. And it's, it's different in that um, my dad's is through gifts Um, but there's also uh, side things with his stuff. So that's just parenting. That's just how parents are and how they, they operate. Right. So, so looking at that, I knew that I had some interesting relationship stuff going on, even when I got in the relationship with a narcissist, even before I started looking at that and, and acknowledging like, this is, wow, this is what I stepped into. Um, what I do know is that as somebody who's empathic, a little bit psychic, a little bit, maybe sometimes more than a little bit, um, and have this like crazy desire to heal the entire planet. I chose a relationship that was, you know, the ultimate challenge. And the ultimate challenge is to be with a narcissist sociopath and see if you, if your love and your capacities can change their insanity. Do, 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 probably not. All right, so now that we know that we probably can't heal the narcissist, what are we going to do? Is it time to move on, kids? It is. And with that note, we're going to move into our first, our very first commercial. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich. 
where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So the first segment was all the chaos and the craziness of how do we end up in these relationships with narcissists? Probably our childhood. There's probably things that went on. There's certain behaviors we don't know or don't recognize. And there's certain things that are so common to us that we don't even see that there is an issue or that there are abuse. So number one is acknowledge that there has been abuse whether it's from a lover, a family member, a friend, you can have narcissistic relationships with lots of different people. Bosses, um, I had a narcissist boss once too. Whew, that was classy. So, <laughs> well, I won't talk about that in case I reveal who it is and they happen to be listening. So recognize that there was abuse. All you got to do is recognize it, go, wow, that was abusive. I chose that. I chose to be in a relationship with an abuser. Okay, so now what? And, and one of the things I'd like you to really be aware of is the the sort of language that you're using towards yourself when you recognize that, like, just just check and see. Are you saying stuff like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot for that. Okay, stop that nonsense. All the stuff around like self-blame, self-shame, self-criticism and judgment and all this you didn't you weren't aware and you chose without awareness that's it it's that simple you weren't aware and you chose without awareness as i wasn't aware and i chose without awareness and i was sort of aware and i still chose it so now what so stop blaming yourself stop shaming yourself and start stop making yourself feel like a yucky pile of poo it's not going to get you anywhere all you need to do is recognize that was abuse. Now what? Now what? And there's no need to go, well, they were raised in this way and they probably had trauma as a child. Yeah, yeah, so did we all. And they chose to do something different with it. They chose to become a narcissist. They, 
chose they like it too the thing is most narcissists don't give a crap because it's all about them anyway so they're not interested in changing the fact that they're a narcissist so when you think you're going to heal a narcissist do 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 you're wrong not going to happen because guess what they like being exactly how they are so do sociopaths you're not going to change a sociopath or a narcissist so when you know you're in that relationship with one stop acknowledge it walk away. Yeah, walk away. That's the hard one. I just heard like hearts drop and I heard people go, but, but, but trying to find excuses, trying to rationalize, trying to explain their way into it. And I've had friends who have been in relationships with narcissists for like 20 years, 15, 20, 30 years, and they just keep on rationalizing it. They're like, but, but, but we share a house, but, but, but we share this, but yep. And when you're out, then what, then what? So I like you to not put the blame on yourself or the blame on them. You know, they know what they're doing and you chose it too. Right. So let's be grownups about this. Actually, I know some children who are far better at taking responsibility than adults. So let's just say, I chose it, acknowledge it. That's it. It's not necessarily a child behavior or an adult behavior. It's just acknowledging that you created this and you chose it. Cool. Take a deep breath and realize that you can actually make a new choice. Yeah, you can. So, you know, when you're in an abusive relationship too, and you realize that this has been going on and you might've even pointed out to the person that you're with, that they're hurting you and they still do it and you still stay and you don't understand why a person would keep hurting you. Just know some people like to hurt you. They just do. And they're not looking for BDSM style play. They're not looking for consensual non-consent. They're not looking for that. They're looking for non-consent. They're looking for abuse and they're looking to torture you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. They want you to be dragged down. Why? Because it makes them feel better and they feel like the center of the universe. Now that we know that, now what can we choose? Something different, right? So narcissists have the whole world revolve around them. So everything they do is far more important than anything you do. And anytime you try and get your life going and moving forward, they will definitely put something in your place to try and stop you. Now, that's not something I read in a book. That's just like my experience. <laughs> so um, that might not be a total trait of, of a narcissist. But I mean, if you think about it, narcissists like the world to revolve around them. So if you're succeeding, they will not like that. They will try and stop you. So I know too, from talking to my mom about other relationships she's had with narcissists, relationships I had, relationship I had with a narcissist is that every time I was stepping into something even greater about me, um, they would sabotage something. They would either sabotage the vehicle so I couldn't get to the job. They would sabotage the job by showing up inappropriately at different events that I'd be working at. They would crash things that I was like, they would do things that were so beyond inappropriate, this person, that it's like amazing. I didn't actually kill them because looking at it now, I 
have no tolerance for that kind of behavior. No tolerance. I mean, I have, I'm in allowance. It's an interesting choice, but I do not tolerate that in my life. So it's different. I can be an allowance of it and have no tolerance of it. I know that sounds wacko, but allowance, allowance is where you just go. That's an interesting choice and an interesting point of view. Tolerance is where you put up with it. I don't put up with it, but I see it for what it is. And I wouldn't put up with it. I would not, I wouldn't have that as like a, an experience in my life to go, oh yeah, fabulous. You narcissist destroying my world and my work relationships and everything else. Thanks to you, jackass. So yeah, that would not, that wouldn't fly. So if you notice in your life ever that you've had people who have sort of sabotaged your work even, or, or made you think that you don't even know how to do your own work, like told you that what you're doing is wrong. Say like, you know, you're, you're working away at um, your business or something. And they're like, no, no, no. You know, when you don't do a good job at connecting with people. So I'll do that for you. Um, instead of asking you or facilitating you into, you know, some skills that would assist you with that so that you could do that or hiring somebody, you know, they, they tend to take over and think that they're kings and queens of the universe, that they, that's their thing and they're really good at it. So in all the years that I've been with my husband, not only has he never interfered with my work, half the time he doesn't even know what I'm doing. And only recently I said to my husband, I'm like, honey, if my business gets really like busy because I'm anticipating something showing up, um, would you be willing to be my accountant? And he was like thrilled that I invited him into my business, where in the past I had so much interference that my business could never move forward. So, you know, to me, you can tell when a person loves you is when they give you space to grow and then they just observe it and then they're just with you. And if a narcissist is constantly like the, to me, the way that you know that you're with a narcissist is they're constantly impeding on your growth and they're constantly trying to over, over it's like um, constantly watching over what you're creating and doing and being, and then also judging everything you're being and doing like, oh, that's not good enough. Oh, why did you do that? And, why not? and I can do that better. Shit like that. And then also when they're, you know, basically telling you you're wrong all the time. So yeah, those are some narcissist traits. They need to be right. They need to be the center of attention. They need to be the best. So yes, I'm not really using psychological terms today. This is, this is a rant from the heart. And this goes out to all my sweet dear friends who have been with narcissists who are recovering from narcissist relationships, whether that's been a year, a month, or 25 years later, it doesn't really matter because sometimes these abuses are like PTSD and it takes a while. You know, if you've been in a war zone, you, there is no defined timeline of how long it's going to take you to heal from the war zone. There's just no definition to that. So the thing is, is to work within what works for you. And like, what is your defined timeline for, um, for healing situations can be very different than somebody else's. Somebody else might be like three months after the narcissist, they're ready to move on. And for some others, it may be years and that's okay. And, oh, there's really cool piece of information in the chat right now. It says that um, I can reading I can read a dating profile now and know that he's likely a narcissist. That is freaking awesome. That is such cool awareness because um, you know, otherwise, you know, people sound kind of interesting, but 
when you can get that energy, when you've been with one and uh, one or two or three, and you can match that, you can go, oh, that matches so-and-so ding, 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 ding. I'm out of here. So it's really cool to be able to pick that up. And the more you acknowledge that that was abuse, the more you can actually pick it up so that you're not tricking yourself into going, no, no, there was, there was abuse, but no, but he was really lovely. Um, where you make excuses for them. So no more making excuses for the abuser just to try and help you understand why on earth you would choose it. You just chose it. It's okay that you chose it. It's okay you were in it. And now you have a way to get out, right? Just know you always have a way to get out, whether it's a, a financial situation or whatever. Please, if you're going through some crazy shit like this in a relationship, there are so many of us here on Inspired Choices Network who have also been through these crazy things and we are all coaches and we all know how to get out. So contact like literally any one of us and I'll give you three right off the bat. Contact myself, Christine McIver or Jennifer Kramer Lewis and any one of us will be able to get, um, get you tips and tools on how to get out of relationships with narcissists in a flash. Why? Because we know this stuff. So, um, yeah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't jive with me, find one of my friends. Oh, also Dr. Lisa, she knows how to as well. So Dr. Lisa, um, is brilliant for that too. So, uh, I could just probably figure some other ones out if I look at the, uh, if I look at their names right now too, but those are my top four that I would like think about if I needed to get out of a narcissistic uh, situation. That's, those are some ones I would go to. So now that we know how we can uh, change it, like, oh, we acknowledge there's been abuse. And, and now how do we start to trust ourselves again? Like, oh my God, I chose that abuse. How do I trust myself again? And I give you a little hint there is to like recognize the energy of a narcissist. And it's like, oh, that person feels like this. And then before going into a relationship, here's a fun task is to go Oh, just out in the world when you can, if you're in a country that allows you to do this, um, go out, go to the grocery store, go wherever you can publicly walk around. And before you head out, just ask universe, show me the energy of a narcissist and just see what pings at you. You're going to probably walk through and be like, whoa, I just walked by 20 narcissists. Phenomenal. You're going to find a lot of interesting energies. It's just a fun way to like examine that to see can those do those energies ping for you? Do they make sense? Do you sense them? And this is before engaging in a relationship because we're not trying to get you in a relationship like, oh, I'm going to go pick somebody to date now. No, I'd like you to go experience what that energy feels like in total strangers before you start to be involved in a relationship, because if you get involved in a relationship while you're still healing the trauma and the PS PTSD of a narcissistic abusive relationship, you will end up in another one. You will end up feeling frail. You will not be empowered. And this is about getting you empowered. Go explore. What do narcissists feel like? Just know it. Just, just get in. It's just a fun thing to play with. There's nothing serious. There are no attachments. Um, and like in the chat room, my friend was saying, when you're scrolling on apps for dating, you can do the same thing. You can just ask, show me the energy of a narcissist. They will pop. You will know it. Show me the energy of a sociopath. They will pop. You will know it. The thing is, sometimes you've gotten to the point so much where you don't even trust you at all. And, 
and I, I love this. I learned this in a class on business called The Pleasure of Business with my friend, Christine, who's also the owner of Inspire Choices Network. And she said this, and then I reminded her of this a few months ago and she laughed at me. Um, and this is what she said in this class was, if you don't think, no, no, it was maybe she had another course called Bust Out Doubt. Um, and it was maybe in that. So, so what one of the things she said was, if you think you don't trust yourself, just check out some things like, do you trust yourself enough to go pee when you need to go pee? Do bust out out. That's what it was called. Um, do you trust that if you walk across the street, you'll look for vehicles to not get run down by? And those were two. And I thought that's genius because that's actually true. We need to make it that simple. We need to look at it as, do you trust yourself enough that you'll even put on the correct clothes when you go outside that your clothes will suit the environment and the weather that you're going to protect your body and look after it. Now, if you don't, if you, it was genius, by the way, yes. <laughs> so that is, um, <laughs> that's totally true. Totally genius. So we need to break it down that simply. So if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, what you need to do is break it down that simply. Do you trust that if you need to go to the bathroom, you will. And you know what? I've actually met people who say they don't even trust that about themselves anymore. So I break it down even further. Do you trust that you will allow your body to breathe if it needs to breathe? And we break it down further if they don't trust that too. Like, do you trust that you'll open your eyes in the morning? And sometimes they don't, and that's okay too. And that's when I just choose to be an allowance of whatever it is that they're not willing to experience about being, showing up or existing. Because sometimes we just want to disappear after that much trauma and abuse sometimes you just want to disappear so bad that you can't even fathom even breathing or trusting yourself that you'll breathe correctly or that you will you know put on clothing in the morning and get up like sometimes we get that depressed sometimes things go that that downward um and it's interesting um oh i'm so Supposed to be heading to break. So I'll talk about this next part soon uh, when I come back uh, about, yeah, about uh, more on about uh, the relationships and how we get out of them. So we're talking today about empowered sex and relationships, having them after abusive relationships. And this is part one of two because I knew I was going to have so much to say about this. So you are listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money? Copulating for consciousness? 
and pleasuring on purpose. 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzajelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So... Today, I'm talking about having empowered relationships and sex, especially getting empowered after you've been in relationships that have been abusive, like with narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, all those great things, you know. So what I know right now is that when people are in a PTSD state is that their parasympathetic nervous system um, and their sympathetic nervous system go out of whack. So what are those? Those are your auto- autonomic nervous systems. And what, what the parasympathetic does is it kicks you into fight, flight, or freeze. And your parasympathetic, parasympathetic helps you relax. So when you are in fight, flight, or freeze, what happens is your body starts to crave things. Physiologically, your body wants to crave things. It keeps your adrenaline going so that you can feel like you're alert. It'll crave things like uh, fast highs for sugars. It'll crave sugars. It'll crave coffee. It'll crave certain proteins that will get your, um, like your kidneys and your adrenals pumping. So it'll crave certain foods, and those certain foods will actually create uh, a side effect of more acidity in your body. And as a result, then your parasympathetic nervous system keeps running on high. And you kind of keep in this loop, right? So you keep in this crazy loop. So to me too, one of the, the things to do once you've been in a, in a relationship that's super toxic is not only do you detox the relationship by stopping all contact with the crazy person. Nah, that's just the narcissist. We'll just call them a narcissist because I personally am a little crazy myself, but in such a fun and lovable way, like in the kind of way that, you know, I'm an adult with puppets in my house. So, you know, you can definitely do some things where you detox the relationship. So avoid all contact if you can. If you 
you know, in circumstances where you're married, you have children, you were married or something, and you need to go through the divorce and you need to get rid of everything. And then you still have children that you have these things to discuss. Well, um, you know, you can find one, say one route where you can discuss things, say texting only or emails only, but I wouldn't, I would not encourage you to get on the phone with the person because sometimes they're, um, I don't know, their energy is more evident over the phone and they can, you know, lure you back into like feeling sad or sorry for them or so you don't fall into the crazy loop again and get stuck in that trap with them into the abusive relationship again. On emails, you can take your time to read it, to think about it, to respond, to edit, gives you a little more space. You can choose when you respond to. So that's only if you have a relationship with somebody where you have things that you have to deal with after the fact. But otherwise, if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you don't share children, a house, finances, or anything like that. When you get out, you erase everything of theirs. You erase everything that you have of theirs. Why? Because you will start to feel so much reminiscing. You might look at the oh my God, I had this paper plate when so-and-so came over for pizza. This paper plate reminds me of so-and-so. And then, you know, I think what happens for people who end up with a lot of hoarding situations is that they've been in abusive relationships or they've had a lot of self-abuse and they just, everything reminds them of everything. And so they keep it. And even though if it reminds them of abuse and sadness. So get rid of everything, even the paper plate that they had pizza on, just get rid of it. Phone numbers, all of it, block them, done. It's a done deal. This needs to be over so that you can move on so that you can give yourself space to heal. Now it sounds extreme, but I'm telling you, it is the maybe kindest thing you can do for yourself and for them as well. Um, so, you know, they can move on, they can move on to some other relationship. And so can you, I know it sounds pretty extreme, but really it's, uh, it, it's also probably the easiest in the long run to just cut off all of it because the temptation to go back together can be really high. And the temptation to do that, just to kind of satiate some of the feelings of loss and like, Oh, and reminiscing and like, oh, we got to get back together because I miss you and miss what we had, but you don't because it's abuse. And at the same time, your body is sad and it's trying to get a high. So it's trying to get like happy and endorphins going on. It's trying to get some dopamine going on. It's trying to get some something, contact, touch, love, anything to get happy hormones going. But narcissists will leave you empty of your happy hormones. It's just what they do. It's all for them. So your happy hormones are depleted. Um, if you would like assistance on getting your happy hormones back on track, connect with me. I have kind of a cute little program that I've created for people um, to do that. You can just send me an email through my website and say, I'm looking for your happy hormones. I will be putting it into a program on Teachable, but until then, I do have a little sort of short um, explanation of things you can do super fast. You can do it uh, on your own, but if you'd also like coaching on getting that back in your body, foods you can eat, different ways you can do that through movement, uh, different things you can do for yourself. And I say for yourself, because this is really what you need to give yourself first, primarily before you get into a relationship with anybody else. Highly, strongly recommend that. Super, super recommend that you do these things for you first. So 
when I say getting out of the toxic relationship, so we're detoxing the relationships that are toxic, and now we're going to detox the body from things that are actually creating this this um, imbalance, this physiological imbalance that's going on that will keep you in a rut, that will keep your body getting into these desires to have to like, you'll have these adrenaline drops where then you're like, oh my God, I need more coffee. I need more sugar. I need something. And then you take these things and then your body spikes, but then you end up feeling almost manic depressive where you have these super highs and lows. So we're looking at how do you, how do you actually level that off and how do you get your body to be able to feel like it is, um, it is balanced, right? We want your body to be balanced the acidity, the alkalinity, we want all of that to be balanced. And so how do we do that? Nutritionally, it's not that hard to do. Again, if you would like any assistance or coaching on that, um, I've put together some programs for that as well. And uh, you can connect with me through my website to say, I'm interested in your nutrition, health, happiness, coaching I'm interested in that. And the cool thing is, is when you get all those things lined up in your body, it'll do other things because this is the pleasure zone, right? And so, you know, I love to talk about pleasure, but these things will actually get your body back on track to having greater pleasure, greater orgasms when your body functions well, and it's got everything, all the correct nutrients, minerals, uh, vitamins, proteins, fats, all, you know, the correct carbs, like all those things that your body needs. Yeah, I said correct carbs, even there are carbs that your body likes. They're not all toxic, but some of them are. So <laughs> when you get all that stuff going on in you, your body will function. It will be given the fuel that makes it function like a well-oiled machine compared to like when we have, see, if you put diesel in a vehicle that runs on, on um, regular gasoline, you're going to destroy it. Right. And we're constantly putting the wrong fuel in our body. So we want to optimize the function of these machines of our body. So you want to put the right fuel in. And I'm happy to um, to work with you on that. So you can have the fuel that gets your body pumping, that gets your all of your all your happy hormones going and also gets you on track for a better, greater, happier sex life and better relationships. So that when you're not depressed in a relationship and you're not feeling down and you're not feeling like you need external things to spike your happiness, like I need, uh, you know, I need like 25 cups of coffee today and 16 pounds of sugar. Like if you can get that some of these things, like even moderation for sure, um, or even changing and getting other options at some point your body becomes uh, so happy that it doesn't even require these things it has its own natural highs so oh yeah cool i'm on such a rampage okay so you are listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time 
on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So I just want to give you one more tip in this episode because I got a whole bunch for the next one. Um, the next tip would be to me is that learning how to actually date again, right? So how do you date again when maybe everybody you've dated was always like a narcissist, sociopath, psychopath? How do you date? How do you even like get in a relationship? What do you do? And the key here is learning to date yourself. I know people are like, meh, meh, that's so boring. Will you shut up about all these things you have to do for yourself? I say this stuff because I've done this stuff. So when I say to you, go out and date yourself, well, I've done it. <laughs> so uh, if I've done it, I'm going to recommend it. And if I recommend it, it's because I know it works. So when you do date yourself, and that's awesome, my friend in the chat room is going to write a book about that. And yeah, because you know what, when you date yourself, you start to find out about how to be kind to you. And then as you're kind to yourself, you start to go, oh, this is what kindness is. And then you start to get what it is that you would like other people to offer you. And you also get what it is that you have in you that you can offer others, right? So if one of the things you like feel that you would really love is like a romantic dinner or something. So create one for yourself and be with yourself and like enjoy it really be with yourself in that moment that that half an hour or an hour eat the food make it delicious make it amazing put on the music light the candles do everything that you would do is if you had a lover in front of you and that lover is you and if you were to interview your lover just like you would on a first date start asking yourself some of the top key questions like what do you like what do you love about you know, new relationships? What do you love in a relationship? What are you looking for in a relationship? What excites you? What wakes you up? What drives you? And these are all like self-reflection questions, but it's also questions you would ask. Any question you would ask on a date to a lover, first ask yourself. And if you don't have an answer, now's the time to find out what those answers are. And so, or you might not ever have an answer, but now's time to start asking those questions so you can have some self-discovery and exploration into maybe some more information that you can get around that. And the, and the information doesn't have to be stagnant and stop. Like once you get that answer, it's not the answer for life. It's that answer for the moment. It's information for the moment. And that information can change, right? So start dating yourself. So what did we first get was acknowledge that there's been abuse. Then find your way out and again if you need assistance on how to get out contact one of us there are also in your area for sure you're going to find centers for abused um for people who've been in abusive relationships usually they're for you know, women who have been abused but there are centers for men who have been abused as well that does happen and so find a center that you can rely on or find one of our coaches to help you out and get out 
create separation from everything that you had with them. Um, of course, if you have children, then you might still need to have some contact for whatever. But even then, um, it's up to your children whether they want contact. I've always left it up to my daughter whether she has contact with her biological dad. And to date, she has no desire. And I asked her, at first I asked her every about every month or every few weeks. And then she just yelled at me one day and said, look, I am not changing my mind on this. This is done. I'm done. And I was like, that's really cool. She actually knows how to break up with a narcissist. She did it really well. She was like, done deal. It's over. I'm finished. Genius. <laughs> so, I, you know, looking on that is like pretty impressive. Um, it was only my other own stuff around like feeling like I should uh, let her have, a, um, you know, options to go back if she wanted to. But she's like, no, nope, done deal. Done. And I love that. I love that she can see it. I love that she can see abuse. When we watch movies, she's like, wow, that wasn't cool. She can see now abuse from like a mile away. And I think it's brilliant. And I'm like so grateful that she actually got to witness it, know it. She can spot it in characters and shows. And so I encourage you to let your kids spot it too. You don't have to tell them. They'll know it. I've never had to like really point it out. Um, my my daughter is pretty brilliant, but I do know that most people, given the opportunity, can also shine and have brilliance and see the behavior of others and see how it's not kind, right? So on that recap is like separation, right? And then look after your body, food, you know, so important, nutrition, and having all of these different things actually help your body relax, get calm so that when your body is calm, then you're going to be able to really tap into it, be present with it. It'll have less inflammation, less pain. You'll be able to tap into your knowing a lot easier. You'll feel more confident in your knowing. And also a lot of other things about you will start to feel different when your body is has all those nutrients, minerals, vitamins, fats, proteins, all of those things that bodies need. And then the last one is learning to date yourself. And that's just for today because I have more for next week. So learning to date yourself again. Yeah. And so this is, these are the steps that prior to even getting into the relationship, these are things to do for you. Look after you. And you have a whole week to do that. Actually, no, you have the whole rest of your life to do that starting today. And then next week, we're going to look at more fun things about once you've dated yourself, how do we move forward into the dating world and get into a relationship with a person? I know this one is a long one. Part two. Are you guys excited? I am. I hope, I hope you have lots of fun listening and re-listening to this show, getting lots of ideas. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body. <laughs>